Do you desire to turn your passion into income? Connect with other creative souls who also dance to the beat of their own drum? I'm Marie Nicole and I'm devoted to combining beauty, uniqueness and connection in everyday living experiences. As a creative professional and Dharma coach, I help people connect to the truth of who they are and facilitate them in embodying their uniqueness. It is my hope in this podcast that I inspire you to live your life on your terms and earn your income through being uniquely you. After all, it's the unique thread that we each contribute to the collective tapestry that creates the whole. Before going into today's podcast topic, I'd like to share some information from our sponsor, Hum Sound Therapy. Peter and Connie have been sharing their passions together for the past nine years, developing a unique heart-based sound experience, expanding hearts into the benefits of sound and energy healing, using a variety of instruments, including crystal singing bowls, gong, Native American flute, didgeridoo, drums, chimes, and more. Peter is also a biofield practitioner, working one-on-one in-person and distance sessions. They are both passionate about sharing sound vibration and creating an environment where you can drop into your heart and feel, enabling a full-bodied experience. A quote from these beautiful-hearted humans themselves, our work is to be of service, to share our love, guide and nurture you back to your inner wisdom and reclaim your personal song through sound and energy, dropping into your heart, raising your hum of life. I can personally vouch for the truly magical and healing experiences you will receive through their sound journeys and biofield tuning sessions. So to connect with them and their offerings, visit their website and follow their journeys on social media. Links are in the show notes. Thank you, Hum Sound Therapy, for sponsoring this podcast and now for today's episode. Today's podcast guest is Helen Cattell from Good Hope Pottery. Good Hope is a stunning location in the Yass Valley, nestled in a hidden oasis on the edge of Good Hope Dam. It's off the beaten track, so not somewhere you'd just stumble upon in your travels. The view of the dam and its surrounds provides endless inspiration to Helen and has done so for the last couple of decades. Her family have been custodians of this land for the past 25 years but have only recently made their tree change from Sydney and are now permanent residents of the Yass Valley. We met when Helen stumbled across my bricks and mortar store and after a couple of visits, asked if I'd be interested in collaborating with her, hosting workshops where she guides participants through the process of hand building their own pottery pieces in the beautiful back room of Creator's Nest. Together we created an experience that was not just about learning a new skill, but it was also connecting with their own creativity and others in the community and beyond, all while being inspired by the atmosphere and unique experience Creators Nest had to offer. So we're now hosting them in the new inspirational space in Yas called Tiger Gallery. I asked Helen to be a guest today so that we could get to know about her, her journey, background story venture, Good Hope Pottery that she has created alongside of her daughter, Danielle. Together, they create the most stunning pieces out of their studio shed in a not so easy to access location. It's truly inspiring to see what they're achieving together from a location that could seem impossible to operate a business from. 
Welcome to Business to Your Own Beat podcast, Helen. I'm sure listeners will be keen to hear about your story. Thank you, Marie Nicole. You're welcome. So tell us about your background in business and what led you to starting Good Hope Pottery, leaving Sydney and moving to the Yass Valley. Okay. Um, Well, I have been in business for 32 years prior to Good Hope Pottery. We had a packaging and assembly business in Sydney. Um, I started that when I was very young with a a two-month-old son, our first child. And that business um, was very successful and we did very well. Um, When COVID came along, it was quite a struggle, as it was for many businesses. And we we had started, Danielle and I had started doing pottery about um, probably about five years ago. And I think our love of pottery was growing and we were getting better at it and really enjoying it. And while I was still working in Sydney, I stopped in at Merchant Campbell in Yass and asked if um, she might be interested in purchasing some of our pottery, which she did. And she, um, Margot, has been an amazing um, support for just the confidence, building confidence to be able to do more production pottery and have somewhere to put it rather than keep handing it out to family as, as much as you can. Um, so, so that was in the background and, and I was absolutely loving the pottery. The business was getting harder and harder to work with and, and then Adam and I decided um, that we just we wanted to move down here. We, we have always wanted to live here, but we were never never able to because of the Sydney business. Um, so, yeah, so we, we took the leap and we we couldn't have been happier. It's We just love, absolutely love living down here. And the people, the community, everybody's been amazing. That's beautiful. So how long have you been here now? We have been living permanently here for just on one year. So it was the middle of July last year. So, yeah, nearly our anniversary here. Feels longer than that, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does. It does. Well, we were coming, we were travelling backwards and forwards from Sydney for a good 12 months beforehand on a very regular basis. And then once we sold the house, yeah, we moved here permanently. What has been the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome with the transition of operating a business in the city to now a remote location? The biggest challenge? Um, to be honest, I, I know I've mentioned this a number of times to you, but to be honest, it's it's been the road out of here. We've had a, um, we have a dirt road that travels around the dam and it's nearly 10 kilometres long and it, it's, it was so severely damaged in the rains last year that the trip in and out is physically physically exhausting. It's like you've been on some sort of a rodeo bull or something traveling through. So we've really had to limit how often we we come and go from the property because, because we are concerned about the damage to the car um, and the time it takes and just the physical the physicalness of the travel. I think that's probably been our biggest um, constriction in business. Um, I'm not really feeling very restricted, to be honest. I feel like right now the world is our oyster, and we can we can travel on whatever path we want to. Um, and the road the road is being repaired as we speak, so that's been a bit of a journey trying to get that happening, um, and that's taken up a lot of time 
um, working with the residents and the council to make that happen. Um, but I, I think that there's really nothing stopping us from where we want to take this. Brilliant. What's the greatest gift that you've um, got out of making this change that you didn't expect? Wow, nature, nature. We, we have always loved coming down here, but I think living living in it is completely different than visiting it. Um, being able to being able to just walk outside and, and just be amongst such beauty. And, and the beauty is everywhere all the time. It could be in the smallest butterfly to the to the most beautiful sunset, to the stillness of the lake, to um, to the moon rising over the hills that looks like it's just enormous. Or seeing the moon rising as the sun is setting, we see that as well at certain times of the year. Um, and, and the freedom, I think the freedom of time, I found with the business that I had, even though I had a good team of people uh, working with me in Sydney, which gave me some flexibility, there was still there was still um, a very, very pretty, pretty strong timelines as to where I had to be when and certain amount of hours um, I would leave home at a certain time, come back at a certain time mostly. Um, I had some flexibility, but the flexibility I have here is just, you know, I can, I can, I spend a lot of time in the kitchen here in the mornings. I, I ferment a lot of food and I'm getting more and more, um, uh, more into that. Um, I'm drying, we're drying food over the fireplace. We go foraging to, to pick. I've got some mullion leaves over on the fireplace drying at the moment for our tea. Um, so I spend a lot of time in the morning here preparing foods and, and doing things in the kitchen and then maybe we'll go for a walk if it's a beautiful day or maybe I'll go up to the studio and, and start to do some pottery I think it just depends on the day and what the weather's doing and, yeah, and being we, we're only a couple of minutes' walk down to the water so we go for a swim in the afternoons. Not as much during winter but we have been we have been doing our cold dips which has been pretty cool now that we're in July. I did one two days ago so, wow. yeah. So all, all these things, it's, yeah, just the flexibility in living here is just amazing. That's beautiful. Being immersed in the cycles of nature is very much a gift. Got a question about your family. So, how has creating this business worked in favour for your family, especially Danielle? Well, Danielle and I, we did a, a very short pottery course about five years ago. It was um, two, three, three two-hour sessions on the wheel, throwing, trimming, and glazing. And we both fell in love with pottery then. And I think it's enabled us to share. And the reason I wanted us to do this in the first place was. Um, we were learning something together and we're able to share something together and share our knowledge. Um, Danielle is Danielle is an artist. I, I, would, I, I don't know if I can say, if I'm allowed to use the word, word true artist, but she has been an artist from day one. She has always done either drawings or pyrography or so many a huge range so so she what she brings to the table with our, our little business is um i think very different to what i bring i have a lot of business experience um i i guess um i'm very much i want to chase every opportunity that comes that's i'm just that's just the way i am and the way i have been in business and i think that's why our business survived so long in sydney 
or didn't survive it, thrived in Sydney. Um, and Danielle brings this knowledge, uh, this knowledge that she has on on uh, creativity, and she's got an eye an eye for things that I haven't developed yet. I think eventually over time I will, but I can show her something that I know isn't quite right, and she can say, I think maybe this needs to be more rounded, or those colours don't quite go together, or you need another colour in, or like she just she's just got a, a very deep knowledge of. It sounds like complementary skill set, so it doesn't mean you yes. need to develop what she does. It's just together you create the magic. Yeah, I think I think our crossover has to grow a little bit more. I have to. Um, I, I have a lot of learnings to do from a creativity side, and she has some learnings to do from a business side um, to learn to learn some of the things that I know as well and, and being able to, like Danielle attends meetings now, if we have a meeting with a, a new client, um, like the cafe in town, Danielle and I both attended the meeting. So those sorts of things are new for her, something that I've done a lot in my lifetime, but that's something that she's adjusting to as well um, while I'm adjusting to looking at something and trying to work out how it's going to look the way it should. <laughs> Beautiful. So uh, your businesses, have they always been such a family affair? Absolutely. Um, Adam, my husband, he was um, he was the other director in the business and I handled the office and the managing side of the business and the staff and um, Adam handled all the equipment and the machinery and repairs and what machines to buy. We had a lot of gear with the other business. My eldest son... Um, he, young Adam, he um, he was our sales manager for a period of time. So he was in the business from the age of 16. Um, Danielle for a period of time was working with us in the office and in the warehouse doing different things. And Matthew, my youngest son, he was, um, he was involved in marketing. I think he worked there probably for a period of about two years. Um, so he did marketing. Matt's a photographer and... He um, got very involved in the brochures and um, involved in um, contacting clients. Yeah, he was fantastic as well. So we've all been very much spent a lot of time together at our warehouse in Sydney. Yeah, and, and beyond beyond my immediate family, my family, um, my mum and dad were ma massive support when when I was younger um, and, and the business was starting. My eldest brother, um, he was our accountant for the whole period of the business. My eldest sister, she was our office manager for I think almost 20 years. Um, I've got another brother that um, I would go and talk to about speaking to clients about production and I learned a lot of him in the early days as to how to, I guess he, he gave me confidence to go and meet with clients and help, help me feel like I could do it. So I've had support not just involvement with my immediate family, but my bigger family as well. That's that's actually quite rare to have that many involved in your business activities. Like that. So what advice would you give to anyone wishing to make a tree change or start a business but are hesitating because of the fear of the unknown? I would definitely recommend um, a tree change for anybody that is able to do it and not just visiting the country, even though that's has its own magic, but definitely being able to live in the country, it's it's a change of pace. Life just slows down here and there's not so many things pulling, 
pulling at you all the time. Um, we have we just have time. Our days are in Sydney. I would have said my days are very busy, but here my days are very full. I, I go to bed at night very tired, but it's not because I'm I'm busy. It's because I'm I'm doing something I absolutely love. And even if I'm even if I'm not in the studio, then we're off walking or or having a cup of tea down the bush or, or something. But very full days. But um, but at the same time, they don't have to be. You had another question. There was a second question to the uh, first if one. People was, before before I go back to that question, I just want to say when when I first moved here from Sydney, and and we used to say you know we've moved here for slow living, and while it wasn't busy in terms of hectic like we experienced up there, we felt like our days were so much fuller that we're like, it's not like we're lying around in a hammock all the time. You know, there's, there's busy living <laughs> to the fullest. Well, I guess there's so I, I spend a lot of time uh, preparing food now. Everything we eat here is pretty much from scratch. And if I find there's something like a simple example is tomato chutney that I bought a, a, a little jar and we loved it so much, I thought, well, I'll, I'll make chutney now. I've got the time to do that. So I do spend a lot of time preparing food, which is different than being able to make a phone call to get food dropped off. That was a little bit of an adjustment. We didn't have much takeaway food in Sydney, but knowing if we had a really busy day and we were tired that we could order something, um, that's just not on the books anymore. So um, collecting firewood, um, clear, clearing areas of grass, like bushfire safety, there's lots of things that you have to do here that um, that we wouldn't be doing in Sydney that do make it um, a day that's full of other activities. But they're, but they're activities that I would say that have a lot of depth to them and meaning because they're all about our essential survival out here, I guess, to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. The second part of my question about people starting their own business but hesitating because of the fear of the unknown, what advice you would have for them? I would say just do it <laughs> when I know that's probably something that you know a lot of people say or a lot of people probably tell you not to do it but I think if, if you if you've got an opportunity to do something either that's going to put you in a better situation uh, financially or emotionally that you can work in a space that you're going to be happier in if you've got an opportunity to create your own business um, and it's it's not going to be easy. It's not an easy thing. I don't I don't know that I would ever say to anybody having your own business is easy, but being your own boss, that's um, that's an incredible thing to have ownership of. Um, it's it's up to you. Like I've I've been working for myself for so long that I don't really know what it would feel like to have someone else be in control of of what I can or can't achieve. So being able to, to to say, okay, business isn't doing well, well, I better do something and, and doing it, and you're in control of that. No one else can can take your job away from you. It's to that, well, that was how I believe that you should build a business so that you've got multiple customers so that no, no one customer can take it away from you. Um, I just think the opportunity to have your own business is well worth the effort and the time and... Um, I don't know, the freedom. So sometimes you, you may not feel like you have any freedom at all. Like we wanted to move down here and we couldn't. Uh, but that was a choice we made. That's not a choice anyone else made for us. 
Um, so you may feel like you don't have freedom because it's up to you to do the work and there's no one else that's going to do it at the end of the day. You are the, even though I had a team of people, you are still the last person that has to make things, make sure things are happening and sales are coming in. Um, it's worth it. It's just worth it. And it, it is difficult. And um, I know I mentioned I, I've had a lot of support. I, I, I say get a mentor, get someone to help you. I had, when I was in my early 20s, um, I, I was a teacher for, an, I trained as a teacher and I, I was teaching for a number of years before I had my first son. And the opportunity that was presented to me, um, so what, what happened was I had, um, I was I, I was teaching and then I fell pregnant and so I had a couple of months between leaving teaching and having um, my first child and my brother was packing CDs back in the days when it was all done by hand and so I thought I could do that. I've got nothing else to do. So I started packing CDs at home and and then when my first son came along, I just continued to do it but it was very hard doing physical work at a table with a baby and a bouncer trying to keep him happy um, so, and then the the um, production manager at the company that I was doing this work for wanted someone to hire other people. And that's how our whole business started. I, I took the opportunity. I didn't even know what a tax declaration looked like. So I went to my eldest brother, the accountant, and, and I said to him, uh, Andy wants me to do this, but I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. I'm a teacher. And he said, I'll help you. I'll show you how to do it. I'll show you what needs to be done. So I think having having support and grabbing an opportunity, and that 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 one that one offer that was was way out of my ballpark. I had no idea about any of it. I was a teacher as far as I was concerned, but I thought, what what have I got to lose? I'm going to try it, and and I had a two month old baby, and I had to go and and hire people, and I just did it. I, I just I took the opportunity, and that grew into a 32 year old business that. That we that has been our living, um, you know, for my whole family and and friends, you know, friends of my children, and you know, every, everything has sort of grown from that, and and a lot of other opportunities. So I think if an opportunity comes along, grab it. I've forgotten you were a teacher beforehand, and my next question was going to be about the fact that creatives often like to make for the pleasure of creating, and they'll sell the work that they create, but. Often they don't necessarily want to teach others. And I was curious about what made you want to run workshops rather than just produce and sell your goods. And you've answered that question. But is there more to it than that, than just you were a teacher? What is it about the teaching? I love teaching. I, um, When I had my warehouse, we would have a job that would come in. It might be putting items into a box and putting a lid on and, um, and packaging it up or whatever. And we had very simple tasks and very complex tasks. And often I, I knew throughout that journey I was always teaching people how to do assembly, how to put things together. That has pretty much been my career and then managing managing people. Then when we started doing pottery, family and friends were all pretty keen to sit down at the wheel and have a go, as everybody, most people want to have a go at some clay on a wheel. And I love I love teaching people, and I'll just sit back and and on the wheel, for example, and just show them what to do and how to do it. And um, I love it. I've always loved teaching, um, and I, I've always loved getting my hands in things, whether it's sewing or gardening or painting or 
or anything and being able to share that with someone else. I think I think there's something pretty special in that, being able to teach someone how to create um, something beautiful. Um, I think that's pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what have you noticed in the participants? What do they get out of it when they attend the workshops that you hold? I think that's been the biggest surprise of all. Um, something my sister-in-law said to me when I told her I was going to do some classes, and my sister-in-law is uh, very active in her community and I can't go, she lives um, out at Monavale and I, we can't go anywhere in Monavale without her knowing everybody that we pass by. And when I told her I was going to do classes, she said, oh, you're going to be able to meet people. That's a good way to meet people. And I said, well, you know, I'm fine. I don't need to meet a whole bunch of people. But, gosh, uh, I wasn't expecting exactly that, that um, it's a place to meet people. And um, the classes tend to be a, a a, a small group of people, I think because we've got such small classes of only eight people, that there's a comfort there's a comfort zone there and it's it's a comfort zone for me as well. If it was a class of 20 or 30 people, that wouldn't be my comfort zone. But having a small group um, is, is very comfortable and intimate and I'm finding that people are talking about unexpected things in the classes that... They, they're just feeling like sharing and I think it's an opportunity to to share how you're feeling about something or not. You might be someone that sits there and, and just listens and and, and, and creates. Um, but uh, and, and there's a sense of joy in that and I, I always go home with really sore, sore jaws because there's so much laughing and smiling that my face is always sore at the end of three hours of creating with our hands and laughing and talking and it's just beautiful. It's it was very unexpected, an unexpected side piece of, of what I thought I was bringing to the table, really. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell us about your next yeah. workshop. What are you offering? So our next workshop is coil pottery. So with coil pottery, you basically create a long snake of um, clay by rolling it out, and then you you keep bringing it around around and and, um, and pushing it down into clay to create slowly build up. Advance, um, and the reason that I, I want to bring this class, um, this new class, into our our classes is because I've been working on coil pottery since December, and I'm I'm feeling confident now of what my results are, and I can see the beauty in what you can create with with the shapes from coils. Um, it's very different to the wheel. There's certainly shapes that you can make on the wheel. But there's something very, um, I don't know, I just really love, I love the feel of just just the, that continual momentum of moving your hands around the clay and slowly something is building building out of that. It's um, it's lovely. And it's, it's easy enough for someone of any age to do. Um, and the reason that I'm calling it a beginner's class is that I know that, that, that you can really do some bigger pieces there's just some knowledge that you need to sort of start with on smaller pieces, which is what I did to start with before you can move on to the bigger things. And I'm thinking that having a class where just letting people know that um, there are complexities. It seems simple, roll out of snakes to get together. There's complexities in it that enable you to keep something going vertical and not <laughs> and not go out. Yeah, which is similar to our, our tea bowls. You need to know how to go up and not out. So, yeah, I've, 
yeah, I think it's the beauty in the pieces that you can create with the coil pottery at a table um, with with just your hands. Stunning. So, um, Helen, is there anything you would like to share with the listeners about creating a life that they love or um, anything through business or everyday living practices? I think I think creating a life that you love, you need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. When you asked me if I wanted to do a podcast, I thought, okay, I'll do it. When uh, it's the same as with the tiger, with Martin at the Tiger Gallery, um, when he invited Daniel and I in for a meeting, and um, he said, if you think of anything else we can do with the gallery, let us know, and uh, to, to bring to bring people in to the gallery and, and using the space. And straight away, I thought I could sit in there. Maybe I could sit in there and, and do some pottery in there. And then I, I rang you not long after um, and said, what do, you, what do you think about maybe classes in there? Like none of this is comfortable having to go to someone and say, what if, can I, may I, um, would this be okay? I think getting used to asking the question and seeing what the answers are, um, even going up to you and saying, do you think you might be interested in doing um, pottery classes here? That's not an easy thing to do. My first phone call to Margot, I can still, when Adam and I drove past Merchant Campbell and I said to Adam, gosh, that's a beautiful store. Do you think Do you think maybe I could put my pottery in there? And he says, well, why not give it a try? So when we got back to Sydney, I sat at the phone thinking, okay, I've got to make the phone call. What's the worst that can happen here? What's the worst that can happen? She can say no. So I, I picked up the phone and she said yes. And then when I had the car loaded up when we came down here with all my samples and I was sitting in the car really nervous, I've done a lot of sales meetings, but this is very personal to me because I had personally, this was my stuff that I had made. So it was a step up for me into my uncomfortable space. And I was sitting in the car and I'm thinking, it's okay. What's the worst that can happen here? She can say no but we'll do it anyway. And, and I came out of, out of that meeting with an order for 150 pieces of pottery. I'd never done I'd never done that many pieces. I had never replicated something before. So even during the meeting, I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> this is going to be challenging. But I didn't say no to it because what's the worst that can happen? Nothing's ever that failed. You fail? Nothing's ever, yeah, it's not failing. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. So I guess I'm 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 comfortable with uncomfortable. And the reason I do my cold dips in the lake is um, I have come from a very challenging time before we moved here, very challenging and difficult. And here isn't so difficult for me anymore, which is what I'm loving. We've created a life here that isn't so difficult. It's slower. It's easier. We're keeping the calm but I still want to be challenged and to me besides my pottery walking down to that lake in in you know when it's cold and it's been cold since March and now it's really cold that to me is a challenge and that's that to me for my brain is saying be comfortable with the uncomfortable you can do this and I talk to myself all the way down it's only a short walk but I'm telling myself all the way you can do it you can do it and when I'm in the water up to here I, every day, not every day, every time, every time I do it, I say, you did it. 
Look at that, you did it. So to me, it's it's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and and reaping the awards of the rewards of what comes with that. And it's I also see that as the contrast is what actually creates the beauty in things, like without the light and the dark and without the texture change, we don't appreciate it as much. I'm not saying we should yeah. torture ourselves, but um, getting too comfortable can actually make your life a little boring because then you become resistant yeah. to trying something outside of that comfort zone. So good on you. Cold plunging is not something I've done yet, but for me, <laughs> cold plunging is getting out of my bathroom and going to the bedroom to get dressed because <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cold between the two. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely hear that. <laughs> yeah, you should try it. But I must say that we've been doing it we started going, what's really interesting is all the years we've had this property, a lot of the time the lake has been down and we have a dam on the property we would swim in. Um, but a few years back there were some leeches in the dam, which was the first time that that had happened and that sort of, I didn't want to swim in that anymore. So when we, um, so I hadn't really been swimming here in the last few years that we've that we've been here um, but we've never really swam in the lake because the lake was never high enough. But it's been high for the last three years and it's been high since um, we've been living here. So to me, having such a beautiful thing two minutes away, how could we not appreciate it by being immersing ourselves in it? And it's just I can't describe the beauty down there late afternoon which is when we go but we've been doing it since December and in December we were saying we should try and do this all year so we've deliberately kept doing it so we'd acclimatize ourselves to being able to do it in at this time of year so I guess that's another goal setting thing isn't it where if you, if you want to get to that point start doing this so you know you will get there and and that's the same thing with our pottery one of our goals this year Danielle and I I think we might have mentioned it maybe in in April or May, maybe April when I was starting to do these bigger pieces. I said to her, my goal this year, I think our goal this year should be to get ourselves into an art gallery. And she said, that's a good idea. We should do that. And I said, well, that's our goal then, to at least make contact. And within a couple of months, we'd had a contact from Martin. We'd had a meeting with him. We've got, we're going to have some pieces in the gallery um, in August on an exhibition. Um, and I've already got some pieces in there now from another opportunity that came up. He asked, have you got some pieces? Well, yeah, I, I could get some ready again. You know, it's not quite, I'm not quite there yet, but what, what have I got to lose here? You know, it's it's just that always, what have I got to lose and what have I got to gain by just jumping in and, and doing it? So, um, so yeah, it's, yeah. Opportunities are everywhere all the time, all the time. Just embrace them. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Helen, for sharing your story and your time. It's very inspiring and, and I'm sure that the listeners are going to take a lot of inspiration from this because people um, are often delaying what they want to do, waiting for that right time, right scenario. And from what you described through your journey, it's actually just putting it out there to begin with the idea that you will take on the challenge when it comes and when it arrives, just step into it. You're never going to be fully ready until you actually take the steps towards it. 100%.
I am um, to make sure that people know how to connect with you, not just through the workshops, which um, people probably already heard me talk about on the podcast, but we do run the workshops through Creators Nest, so you can book through there. So on the Creators Nest website, you can link to um go to the events and workshops page and see what's coming up. We do have one scheduled at the moment, but there will be more. There's always going to be more. And if you'd like to find out how to acquire the beautiful pieces that um, Danielle and Helen create together, then be sure to visit the Good Hope Pottery website and see where you can find their pieces or ordering online. Do you guys distribute outside of Australia? Yeah, I actually just put that up on our website a couple of days ago. Again, that was another, this is scary. And my husband said, weren't you going to do this a little while ago? And I said, yeah. So I just did it. (laughs) I put it up. Yeah. Big thing though, so that's really good. So if you're overseas, you can still purchase from afar. Don't hesitate. So in the show notes, I will include the links to the websites and anything else that we've discussed today. And so until next week, be sure to stay inspired to create a business and life that you love and take inspiration from Helen's story. Obstacles only slow your progress. They don't stop you from achieving your long-term goals and bigger picture vision. Thanks so much, Helen. Thanks. Thanks, Marie Nicole. Thank you so much for your time. I know how valuable it is and I hope you got value out of listening to this podcast. If you are looking for a coach to support and guide you through your own unique journey of creating a life you love, then reach out for a connection call. And if you'd like to connect with other creative souls in person by joining us at a workshop, a retreat, or to book a unique um, shopping experience here at Creators Nest, I run those by appointment. So check out the website for more details. The link is in the show notes. Oh, and please leave a review. I'd love to hear any insights or inspirations that were activated in you from this podcast. And I look forward to drumming, dancing, or soaring alongside of you.